0: As God's creation and as God's people, we are to worship Him. That's what we are to do, especially as His people, we are to worship Him. To worship means to show reverence, honor, and adoration to. That is the definition. To worship means to show reverence, honor, and adoration to. Now, that's what it means to worship. Uh, to worship God, my homemade route 2 definition, uh, is to recognize who God is in light of who we are. And over uh, really about 10 years, that's the definition that I've come to. When we uh, worship God, we are recognizing uh, who he is in light of who we are. Well, I wanna show you tonight a few things That worship does. Again, as God's creatures, as His creation, uh, as for sure as people of God, we are to worship Him. And so tonight I want to start off and I want to show you a few things uh, that worship does. And the first thing tonight is this worship pleases God. Worship pleases God. The truth is, God desires. Our worship. Now, he doesn't need anything. He's not lacking anything, but he desires our worship. He actually calls for our worship. Psalm 95, verse 6 says, Come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before our maker and God. Psalm 66, verse 4 says, All the earth will worship you and will sing praises to you. They will sing praises to your name. Be very sure tonight as we start off, uh, God is worthy of our worship and our worship pleases him. I think we need to be sure and recognize that. Sometimes I think we think, well, I would like to please God. I want to be pleasing in his sight. All the the dumb things that I've done, uh, I would like to exist and be pleasing to God. Well, the truth is our worship Pleases God. If you want to be pleasing to God, then worship God. And so the first thing this, this evening, our worship pleases God. Now, the second thing that happens when we worship, our worship prioritizes God. Our worship prioritizes God. Uh, I, I want you to watch this this evening. All people will or do worship someone or something. Uh, That's just the fact of the matter. All people will or do worship someone or something. Now, they may worship themselves. Many people do. Uh, They may worship a system. Uh, They may worship their wealth or or some idea of, of wealth. They may worship the idea of success and attaining some level of success, they may worship some person. They may have some person that they honor and they adore and they hold up. They may worship some person. They may give value, respect, adoration, and honor to any number of things. We look around, that's, that's what happens in our day. But listen to me, when we worship God, we lift him up. When we worship God, we set Him apart, and when we worship Him, we give Him, we recognize Him uh, as the priority. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. How many dumb, bad, or wasted things do we do or have we done because of misplaced priorities? And we got pulled into that and we thought that's where we put all of our effort, that's where we thought we'd spend all of our time and all of our money, and that doesn't pan out or doesn't turn out to be what we thought it would be. How many dumb, wasted things have we done do we do because of messed up priorities? You get to some day and you look back and say, oh, I'd like to go back to that. I'd like to do that again, I would do it better this time if I had better priorities. Well, when we worship God, we honor Him above all else. When we worship God, we revere Him, that's what we're doing, above all else. Uh, In Revelation it says, He is worthy of all glory and honor and power. When we worship God, we are giving God the priority in our lives. That's what we do when we truly worship God. We are giving Him priority. When we worship God, we are pleasing God. We are pleasing to God. When we worship God, we prioritize God. Uh, for sure, think about this before we move on from that. When we fall out of worship, which means, you know what, I'm not found uh, with a life of worship or a or maybe a mouth that is worshiping. I'm not found in a mindset of worship. When we fall out of worship, the reality is this, we have taken on or we have held up lower priorities than God and I think about that isn't that isn't that sad? you know we thought something else was more important than God we thought more something was more more valuable than prioritizing our God isn't that a dumb thing when we find ourselves and we're not worshiping and our hearts aren't given to worship it's because we have taken on and we've held up some lower priority than God when we worship we prioritize God then that brings us to the third thing tonight when we worship we proclaim God now maybe we do not think that's happening maybe we not recognize it as it happens but when we worship we proclaim God I want you to see this over and over and over in the pages of scripture uh, we see God works in marvelous ways Man, God does marvelous things. He does mighty things. God reveals Himself in mighty ways. And the Bible says, and He does this so all the world will know that He is God. Now, think about the different accounts that you can go through the the Bible and it'll say, this happened so that all the world would know that He is God. The Red Sea, it took place so that all the world would know that He's God. The prophets of Baal, they were defeated. So all the world would know that he is God. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, it stands and it testifies that all the world would know that he is God. Well, when we worship God in our words, in our actions, in our very lives, we are proclaiming something. We are proclaiming there is a God and he alone is God and he is awesome and he is marvelous and he is worthy. We are saying, I honor him, I adore him. And so listen, when you are found worshiping God, you you may not notice it's happening, but you are actually proclaiming the excellencies of God. That's what you're doing. You're pointing to God. Let me tell you something tonight. A lost world needs to see a worshiping people. A lost world needs to see a worshiping church. And here's what I'm afraid. I'm afraid we whine around like they do, and we are depressed and we're dismayed like they are, and and we are we are worried and we are anxious like the world that doesn't even know God is. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to make it. Oh, this is too bad. I don't know how we're going to overcome it. Listen, when we actually worship God. We are pointing to God. We are proclaiming God. All right, the last one I have uh, tonight, there there are many, many more. I could have gone on uh, for a little while in that exercise. But the last one I have tonight when we worship, it pleases God. When we worship, it prioritizes God. When we worship, it proclaims God. Now, here's one maybe you're not thinking about. When we worship, it blesses us. When we worship, It blesses us. Let me me tell you something. When we worship God, it calms us, doesn't it? When we worship, it encourages us. It strengthens us. It reminds us. It builds us, builds us up. It emboldens us. When we worship God, it emboldens us. And we are blessed when we worship God. Now listen, we're worshiping God, it's about Him, it's for Him, but there is a byproduct from that. When we are found worshiping God, we are blessed in the worship of God. A lot of times we get all frazzled, and we get all out of sorts, and we are scrambling around looking for an answer. And we're looking around for relief. You know what, if I could get this done, then I would find relief. I've got to get these four things. If I could get them the way I want them, I would find an answer right there. Or I can't find an answer. And if I could just dig some way, if I could just talk to the right person, read the right thing, then I would find my answer. When listen, the answer is this, for us to stop and worship God. To stop and worship God. I can attest to that the best thing we can do to help calm us down, the best thing we can do to to encourage us, to strengthen us, to build us up, uh, to give us us great faith, to embolden us, the greatest thing we can do is many times to stop and worship God. We are blessed when we worship God. Tonight we are starting a new sermon series Uh, It is called, Praise God for Who He Is. Uh, In it, we're going to go to the core of worship. We're going to go to the very heart of what worship is. And I'll I'll tell you, I'm excited about what we're about to hear. I'm excited about what we're about to see. Uh, In this study on Sunday nights, we're about to go to the very core, the very heart of what worship is. Now stay with me tonight, see this tonight. Watch this. Worship is not primarily an emotional endeavor. Uh, Some some way that's been robbed away, that's been twisted up in our day. We think, well, it's an emotional thing to worship God. And if we're not emotional, then maybe we didn't worship God. Maybe we didn't have that level of emotion. Worship is not primarily an emotional endeavor. Worship is not a movement of our feelings. No, worship is, now hear this, worship is a mental endeavor. Worship is an exercise of the intellect. Nobody says that. No, that's not popular, I can promise you that. Nobody says that. In fact, there are some folks that when they hear that, They'll hate that. They'll say, well, no, it's more than that. It's not in your intellect. It's not in your mind. There are some folks and they will hate that. Let me tell you something. You're not going to ever go to Mardell's and find a T-shirt that says worship is a mental activity, an exercise of the intellect. Listen very carefully. The core of worship is found in your mind. The core of worship, are you listening? Here we go. Here's the key to the whole thing. The core of the heart The centerpiece of worship is knowing, intellectually, with your mind, knowing who God is. Now, I want to say that again. You want to know what worship is? You want to know where that exercise takes place? The core of worship is knowing, mentally, intellectually, who God is. Here is what I have found. I have found people great in worship. And I'm talking about true worship. I'm talking about deep worship, lasting worship, obedient worship, life-changing worship. Do you know worship can change your life? Life Life-changing worship, God-honoring, Christ-exalting worship, people that are great in worship know who God is. And that's what I found. You want to find somebody that, oh, they worship God in their obedient steps. Oh, they worship God in the words of their mouth. Oh, they worship God in the faithfulness that they live out. You want to find somebody that's great in worship, you will find a person, I believe it, who knows who God is. Let me tell you something. Because when you know who God is, you can't help but trust him. And when you know who God is, I'm going to tell you something, you can't help but love him. And when you know who God is, you can't help but want to obey him. He is infinite in wisdom. This is the best thing. He he loves me. And so when you know who God is, you, you can't help but want to obey him. When you know who God is, listen to me, you will worship him. See this tonight. Think about some things. We talk about these stories We hold up these stories, and maybe we don't think deeply enough about these stories. I want you you to see this now. Think about this. Noah, he went against the entire culture. He went against the entire world. He was a righteous man. The Bible says in a wicked day, he is is standing opposite, opposed to the rest of the culture. He built an ark, a hundred-year project. While the world laughed at him as he built that ark. Day after day, he builds this ark. The world laughs at him. He gets on that ark. Now, can you imagine that? All of those animals filing onto this ark. He actually gets on the thing, and God shut him in it. That's more than strange, isn't it? That's, that's more than strange. Why would he do it? Why would Noah do that? It's because he knew God. Abraham, he's in the land of his father. He has security there in that land. He has a future there in that land. His father has a name there. They've got a future there. He leaves that land. He he goes and he heads to the land of the Canaanite where there's a pagan people and he sets up there. Part of that process, the Bible tells us one day God had given him an heir. God had blessed him with a son. And he takes that son on God's word and he goes up into the mountain to sacrifice that son. He is obedient. He is trusting what God has said. Uh, the account tells us that God has to tell him, stop, hold, hold your arm. Why would he do that? Listen, that's weird. That's, that's crazy. What is the reason that he would do that? Reason is he knew God. He knew if God would tell him something, he could trust what God has said. He trusted God. Joseph, I want you to think about Joseph for a second. He'd been betrayed by his brothers. He'd been sold out by his brothers. He'd been thrown in a well, a cistern. He'd been sold into slavery. He'd been taken from his homeland where he was at. He didn't know anybody there. He'd been forgotten. Nobody was thinking about him. And yet in Potiphar's house, he honors God in his actions. I think about that. Why would he do that? Who cares what he does? No one's looking at him. Why not serve himself? Look at all the bad things that have happened to him. Why in the world would he do that? Because he knows God. Think about Moses, 80 years old. His people, they're a bunch of slaves somewhere. They're mistreated. They're powerless. He's found himself. He's out in the middle of nowhere. It's actually Midian. He's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, He's got a life there. He's moved on. He's got a wife. He's taking care of sheep there. He's he's got a job there. And in the midst of that, God calls him to confront Pharaoh. Pharaoh will kill him at the snap of his fingers. He'll surely kill him. He's called to go out and lead these obstinate people. He doesn't even think they like him. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, Considering the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. Why would he do that? Why on earth would he do that? He had it made, he had it all set up. Nobody was looking for him. Why would he do that? Because he knew God. Joshua, the walls of Jericho, why would he do that? Joshua steps. Into the Jordan River, it's in flood stage. He steps out on that river. Why? Why would he do that? Why would he do those things? It's because he knew God. And the Bible's full of these people just like them. They're regular people and they're people that sin, people that have messed up, people that have failed. Elijah, Josiah, Samuel, David. Just think about David, he's just a kid and he's carrying lunches out to the battlefield. He shows up there, and he he picks up these smooth stones, and he says, who is this Philistine that he would taunt the armies of the living God? And he steps out, and the armies of Israel, they won't even move, and he steps out. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? He could have just dropped off the lunches. He could have gone back home. Nobody expected anything out of him. Why would he do that? He knew God. Bible's full of all sorts of these people, Nehemiah, Rahab, Daniel. My lands, can you imagine Daniel? He stands up to a pagan king. He's already killed. He's already slaughtered thousands of his countrymen, and he stands up to them. He will not compromise. He won't do it. Why would he do that? Because he knows who God is, and he's sure of it, and he trusts in it, all these people. In the New Testament, there's Stephen, there's Paul, there's James, there's John on the island of Patmos. How do they do this? Why would they do this? It's because they know God. Friends, when will we have a great faith? When will we walk in bold faith? When will we live lives? of worship like that. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what you want? I want to live a life like that. I want to be faithful like that. Hey, I've messed up. Hey, I've sinned. Hey, I've gone the wrong way of times. But you know what? I I want to live a life like that. I want to worship like that. When will that happen? It's when we know God. It is the core of worship. It is really the heartbeat of faith. I'm gonna tell you a story. I don't I don't like to tell this story. I'm gonna tell you a story. 2016, 2017, a couple of tough years for me personally. Now, there is a picture of me baptizing up here at the first of the year in 2016. And my hair is, is blondish brown, the color it used to be. Uh, and there is a picture at the end of that year, one year. And my hair is white, or whatever color it is this is right now. Changed that year. I remember the course of that year as I went up here, every Sunday people would say, what happened to your hair? They would say it over and over again. I think I'd like to tell you what happened to my hair. But they would say, what happened to your hair? Hard things were going on at the church. Many of you know some of those things. Uh, Not many of you know all those things. Tough stuff going on at the church. People were leaving the church. More than half of our church left uh, in a couple of years. A lot was said about our church. A lot was said about me personally. Uh, I lost many friends during that time, during that year. Uh, It's a dumb metric. It's a dumb measurement. But in that year, uh, I was unfriended by 100 people on Facebook. Uh, there was one guy called, and I don't know if he's trying to cheer me up or just say the truth, but he said, you truly are the most hated guy in town. Uh, I, I can remember in that year, in a couple years, I, I learned to do something United, uh, walk past people who can't see you anymore. And it's kind of a weird thing. You walk down the aisle, and you're kind of going to make a high to them, and they can't see you, and they walk right by. Things were hard in that year. Uh, at the start of that year, in the middle of that, 2016, my dad died. Uh, he had been sick. It's a hard process. You know that. Uh, I know where he's at. I preached his funeral, but he's gone, and I, I can't call him on the phone. I can't go see him. He's gone, and all of these things are piling up, and I'm going to be very honest with you. I became very discouraged. You don't, you don't know this, but I'll tell you tonight, Every Preacher, I knew but one said, go somewhere else. Man, you don't have to put up with that. Go somewhere else, call somebody else. They said, we'll call three places. You'll be gone in a month. All of them but one. Start again, go somewhere else. I would sit in my office and think, well, God didn't tell me to go anywhere else. Now, some people that weren't preachers said, just quit. My land's go back. Everything's got to be better than this. Go back, do something else. Go back and do what you were doing. And in that process, I got to the place, the point, where I was just taking another step. And I would think, you know what, I don't, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I can't imagine some of this stuff. But what I do know is what God has told me, and I'm just going to take another step. And so I would, I would get up, and some of Sundays I would be preaching, some I'd be doing things in my office, and I'd just take another step. Brenna's desk is where I walk by her desk uh, to get by, to go by to get to my desk, uh, sometime and I don't know I don't know when it was, she had written a list. She was planning for a kids' Bible study, and she had written a list on a little slip of paper. A Little slip of paper said, "Praise God for who He is," and then this list was a list of things that were truths about God, characters, characteristics of God, and it sat there on the corner of her desk. Now. I, I don't know that she knew it, I don't know for sure, I know she didn't know the extent of it, but I would walk by her desk and I would look at that paper. And I would, I would read that paper and I would look at it and I would think about what it said. Uh, on Saturdays or days that I was here alone, I would be writing a sermon. Uh, I would pick up that piece of paper and I would take it to my desk. And I, I had all sorts of complaints, I had all sorts of things I couldn't figure out. But I would take that piece of paper and I, would, and I would read through it. Some days I couldn't but just get to one thing. And I, I would read that one thing and I'd think about that one thing and I'd get back to moving. And I was encouraged and I was strengthened and I was comforted as I thought about the things on that list. One day, I, I think about it now, but it was probably pretty rude. But one day I asked her, can I have that piece of paper? Uh, she probably wanted it. I don't know. I, I just asked her, could I have it? And she gave it to me. And so now that piece of paper sits on my desk. And still there are days that I need to remember, I need to, to read and remember who God is. And so on that piece of paper, there are 22 things that I'm going to preach from, from God's word, Tw- 22 characteristics of God, traits of God, truths of God, and I'm going to preach on them from God's word, 22 things. Let me tell you something. I can promise you this, it will be a great blessing. I preached 100 sermons in the book of John. I preached through 1st and 2nd Peter. I preached through Acts. I love our Sunday mornings going through Revelation. I don't know that I'm not as excited about this as I am any of the things I preach. It will be a great blessing. I promise you that. We need it. I promise you that. I'm excited about it. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're about to start this sermon series, 22 sermons starting next week. Here's what I would encourage you to do. I'd encourage you to be here. Be here. Invite others to be here. Hey, come listen. Hey, be encouraged in the truth of God's word. Pray, pray. God, let us see you. God, let us learn of you. Let us know you. God, help us to know you. And my prayer is that it would produce the kind of faith and the kind of worship that is pleasing to God that proclaims God and that is a blessing to us let me read the little piece of paper to you it says this praise God for who he is my God is holy he is eternal God is infinite His knowledge knows no bounds. He is the creator of everything. My God is righteous. He is just. He never changes. He has all wisdom. He is unsearchable. My God is all powerful. He is present everywhere. God depends on no one for his existence. He reigns sovereignly. My God is merciful. He is gracious to us. His love is immeasurable. He is jealous for me. My God is good. He is faithful. God is incomparable. There is no one like him. He alone is worthy of all worship and praise. When will we truly worship? It's when we know God. God bless us in this endeavor. God help us in this endeavor. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come and we praise you tonight. We thank you tonight. You are trustworthy. You're dependable. You're faithful. You're kind. You're gracious to us as sinners. Uh, You do not change. You haven't left us. You haven't forsaken us. You love us. You're jealous for us. And so, Lord, we just come and we praise you tonight. I'm thankful for your word that tells us. I'm thankful for your word that tells us the truth of who you are. And I, I pray in these 22 weeks uh, that, that we would be changed, that we would be encouraged, that we would be built up, that some of us, the, the, the blinders would fall off of our eyes, that maybe the, the, the downtrodden spirit that covers us up would be knocked off and we would stand up and remember who our God is moving this. Lord, I pray for somebody to find Jesus in this. I pray for all of us to exalt Jesus in this. And I pray that it pleases you. And I pray, thank you that as a byproduct, that it would bless us. Help us in that. Lord, I pray as we wrap up this Lord's Day, I pray that you've been known in it. I pray as we go back to a week that we would carry your name to a lost and dying world. Hope and peace that we have in Jesus Christ. Lord, we come tonight and we just tell you, we thank you, we love you, we praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.